The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? It's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman? It's you are leaving higher, Mr. Stark. Hello and Happy New Year and welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, back for the new year, folks. It is, well, half the crew anyway. Um, <laughs> we've got... Um, We've got our boys still doing whatever secret missions for S.H.I.E.L.D. or whoever else in, that they're doing, but hopefully they will be back soon. But in the meantime, I am your intro host here, uh, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter. You'll find uh, me on Instagram at CBCaps and probably my own thing. But you know what? You ain't here for me. Who you are here for is the man, the myth, the legend, the <laughs> dude Throwing down on the bomb cyclone, hello, <laughs> agent underscore seventy. What's up? What's up? Merry New Year from frigid New York City. New York City. <laughs> it's cold up in here. Yeah, man. As 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 they say, as they say, it's a uh, kind of brick out almost. Pretty brick. <laughs> so if you if you ain't got nowhere to go or if you're still out there well uh, i guess if you were listening to this and you're out i don't know what are you doing with yourself get, go get warm man jeez yeah, seriously but in the meantime um our other hosts uh tim dog 98 that's tim dog 98 who is not with us here you can find him at um at that address tim dog 98 on twitter you can also find him at the click nation that's d-k-l-i-u-t-k-l-i-q-t-n-a-t-i-o-n almost had it uh also cb cron on the twitters also at the click nation.com and that dude's writing for pretty much all over the place right now you know so you can go check him out any and almost everywhere well, not yet, but soon, the way that book is going, so it's all good. Also, PCN underscore Dirt, you can find him at that address. You can also find him at Pop Culture Nets on Twitter. You can find him at PopCultureNetwork.com. Hopefully, he will be back with us soon, because uh, he's, he's out doing his thing. You can find this here podcast on the CSPN Network that's cspn.us. You can also find us on iTunes, aka Apple Music, or whatever the heck they call it. I don't care. Google Play, SoundCloud. We're not, we're not on SoundCloud yet, as far as I know. Well, no, we are on SoundCloud. We're not on Spotify yet, but hopefully soon. Get us there, folks. Help us out. Um, you can also go to shop.cspn.us. Get some swag. Help us out. You know, check out um, you know some stuff from our show and uh, and other shows on the CSPN network. Home of Family of Fallen Podcasts. Go check it out. Some good stuff over there. Not just saying that just because we work with them. And with that, this it is the beginning of this year, 2018. And we, and the books don't stop, folks. So. Stop, won't stop. Exactly. And neither will we. And um, the first book we are going to talk about tonight, as I tried to bring this up, is Batman and the Signal, number one. 
Right. So if you're unfamiliar with who, who the signal might be, uh, we have to take you back way back. Back in the time. <laughs> to We Are Robin. And one of the characters that emerged from We Are Robin, who uh, basically uh, emerged into uh, uh, a lead character by the name of uh, Duke, Duke Thomas. Mm-hmm. So he also he was uh, as reading this not to skip ahead a little bit but he also showed up in All Star Batman, right? Yeah, I, I mean according to the book, you know, because I know there was a, like a little footnote there that said that. I'm like, okay, good to know. Right. So this is issue one of a three issue miniseries that is basically establishing outside of the Batman books because uh, Tom King is doing his own thing in there, <laughs> giving uh, the signals some room to breathe and uh, you know create his own little corner of uh, Gotham. Indeed. And thanks to uh, thanks to our boy Bats, he's got a little slice of it in the form of um, a new cave, you know, new, new little, uh, it's not necessarily a bat cave, but I guess they call it the hatch. Right. Right. <laughs> so ultimately, well, I was, I was about to say, ultimately, as, as Roddy's getting into uh, um, how uh, the signals is going to be operating, the, the you know, the, the main idea behind the story is that the signal is Batman's partner and counterpart during the daytime. Whereas, you know, the Batman is, you know, I am the knight. <laughs> so it, it's, it's still weird though, because it, as, um, as people have pointed out in the, in the course of this, in the book, it's like, well, we used to not need it during the day or, you know, things have changed and this and that and other, but apparently it's not just the fact that, you know, you wanted something, somebody wanted their, somebody to, to work during the day. It's just a matter of like, um, it's that plus the fact that there's some stuff going on with do with, his powers, right? Which, like the actual only superpowered person, exactly. In and the- and, uh, and apparently, there's also a bunch more uh, young metas that are popping up in Gotham, which is unheard of. So therefore, you know, it's, it is a it is it is also a thing that needs to be uh, addressed through you know Duke and the, the bats, specifically Duke. But you know, right. since it seems like these metas are kind of cropping up around him, around him. Like now, you know a little bit because you read uh, we, we Are Robin, right? Very, very sparingly. So I, I, I remember the, you know, the, the, I can't even say I remember the highlights of the story. I just remember that it existed. I kind of remember some of the characters as they kind of reintroduced some of the, um, some of the, uh, the supporting characters from We Are Robin into this book as well. And I, I sort of recognize them. So that's all. That's the best I could tell you. I guess you have a better uh, grip on the story. No. Well, not really, because like I said, everything I've gotten was from this. Because I never read We Are Robin and. Oh. So, like the and the only other thing I think it was like there's a familiar, seemingly familiar um, bionic armed detective. I'm like that seems like kind of familiar, but again, I don't know any of these characters from. You know, this is my first introduction to any of these characters. Right. Outside, that, as I said. Yeah, that that was one character that seemed familiar. So, mm-hmm. but outside of that, um, I like I can't say if you did not know anything about. Duke before this would probably be a good jumping on point because you'd be like okay like because they do make the point of saying hey they do they do reference the fact that he comes from someplace itself so and I think if I'm not mistaken they do actually mention what it is but that's not necessarily excuse me pardon me that doesn't necessarily give you everything you would probably need right so, yeah they, they probably fill in like let's say eighty percent of the information you need but right. the really important stuff that you need to know is, uh, you know, one that he's based in Gotham, you know, under the tutelage of Batman and two, they explain some of his powers, you know, to, to a certain extent. So you're not completely in the dark and you can move forward 
um, and, and kind of follow the, you know, follow the opening story arc. So uh, I think it's a good place to jump on if you're uh, interested in uh, the character or even the premise of a daytime operative for the Bat family. Yeah. And again, it's only a three issue miniseries. So that's, we will have to see how that goes, but it's, it seems intriguing on its own right. If you are even vaguely familiar with the character and what's going on, um, and that side of the Bat family, because I like the fact that, that actually that's what we bring go to circle back around and bring it back. Because I like the fact that they they circle the from the get go they circle around the fact that um like uh like yeah there's a lot of folks in the Bat family like and there's like a little running theme specifically with a phrase or something that gets said throughout the course of the issue. Like uh, yeah. So, um, but I like the fact that they kind of address that at first because they know people like me were thinking it, and then like. And I guess we'll get to it in a second, but like this is probably the most I've read out of a Batman book in probably years. Mm. With especially with this in the last couple of issues of Batman. Sure. <laughs> so not saying that's gonna gonna go any further, but you know, uh, this was definitely um an interesting start to uh to a miniseries, even though even if I'm not like ultimately familiar with the character. Right. And uh our very own Tim Dog ninety eight really liked this issue. Um mm-hmm. uh, you know, we basically covered uh, the points that uh, Tim Dog brings up in his notes, so uh, we can move on to another book. But um, I guess it makes sense because he was the one. Like I, we know, he was the one who was reading "We Are Robin," so like he was the one that had a little bit more investment. I don't know if he actually finished himself, but he was a little bit more vested in the story than probably the rest of us were. Right. So cool. But yeah. So what you got? Well, you know what. Mm-mm. Yeah, kind of that all three of us read, or I was just going to cover the uh, the Batman, the other Batman book that came out this week, and just oh, cover. Right. Once you do another Batman book myself, so yeah, go ahead and do yours, and then I'll do mine. Oh, you got the other Batman book that came out this week. Okay, so we'll cover the Batman corner of the DCU uh, at the top of the show. So what I'm referring to is Batman number thirty eight, um, the latest installment of uh, Tom King's uh, ongoing storyline, and um, Tim Dog ninety eight's notes say it best: a new villainous quote. Bruce Wayne is introduced. It's a pretty creepy issue. That I agree with totally. Um, for me, it was a potential click of the week. It's a as as Tim Dog ninety eight said, uh, and and this is how I put it. It's a story that mirrors the beginnings of the Bat, but it's twisted as though by a funhouse mirror. And that's really what you need to know before you read this book. And you'll see some of the uh, st- you know some of the uh, the cruel twists that uh, Tom King installs into this particular character's um, motivation and origin to create uh, drama and to create, uh, you know, confusion on the part of Batman as his investigation is proceeding in this case. So in this issue, so it's as Tim dog 98 said, very creepy, a very interesting read uh, for me, at least a potential click of the week. Okay, cool. Cool. Then for the other, other Batman book. So have you, uh, messed with this book any and that book i'm speaking of is uh batman white knight number four i have not um how many issues are there in this four well i mean well, it is four of eight it's four i may I'm... not wait until i may not wait until all eight are out now that there's a midpoint i may pick up issue one again and uh work my way through it once i kind of put number one down and 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 uh, didn't pick it up again. I, I kind of fell behind. I don't vote, recall if I bought a physical copy. I don't believe so. So, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to have to go back and um, uh, 
go through my uh, my review copies and see what I've got. And hopefully I've got all four and try to catch up. Gotcha. So real quick backstory on this one, because I'm pretty sure we haven't necessarily talked about this um, when when we first got it. We probably did when we first got it. But anyway, so it's an Elseworlds story. Uh-oh. Who's that? That was you. <laughs> I, that made a sound? Yeah, because I forgot to turn on the sound. Don't worry about oh, okay. I was supposed to make a sound on your end. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, so it's an Elseworlds story. Um, in this one, well, I guess this, I guess this one does count as an Elseworlds story. Um, so we have Gotham. We have Batman. We have a situation where Batman's getting a little more um, to be a little more of a loose cannon to the point to where the public is starting to notice this. Well, actually, the everybody around him has noticed him, and he's just getting progressively worse and worse. And it gets to the point, and he's chasing the Joker, uh, and who's doing Joker things. But he gets to the point to where he goes a little too far, and it's in public, but it and almost kills the Joker. Um, turns around that the Joker doesn't die, but actually cleans himself up and loses the Joker persona and becomes, stop me if you've heard this name before, Jack Napier. Well, actually, that, that was his name in this world, I should say, which we all know the Joker's name is whoever it was, ever wasn't ever. Um, and Napier goes on to basically, uh, like I said, clean himself up. He, the Joker persona is gone, but he's actually trying to save Gotham or seemingly save Gotham from Batman's, you know, continual um I don't want to say craziness, but he's he's starting to lose it basically. Like he's getting more and more violent and and not caring about a whole much. And there's partially a reason for or at least for Bruce as to why he's um becoming more and more crazy. And in this particular issue, that um that reason ends up not being a reason any any longer, sadly. And it has to do something something to do with someone that is very near and dear to um our boy Bruce and uh the people around him fear for not only uh fear for Gotham's criminals, but other people who might get caught in crossfire. But basically, like I said, this is a story where the Joker is kind of um the Joker is kind of becoming Batman, but actually uh there is a ring of People are still thinking, people are not really trusting him, but he's still getting support and all this kind of good mess. Like, there are some people that still think that there's something going on and that might be at all a trick, but it is actually seemingly like, you no, know, the Joker's just, you know, see Batman as the actual real problem, has been taking steps to, you know, um, do something about it in his own way. Whether that is, whether there's any nefarious means behind it, you know, we don't know and it doesn't seem that way. But like I said, uh, it's actually a pretty interesting story. Like it's kind of one of those ones that was like, you know what? What if Batman ends up being? What if the what if the roles were kind of reversed? You know, like what if what if Batman was seen as the the villain and the the madman, and the Joker is actually the one that's been, you know, that is the one that is clean. I mean, that is the one that is actually trying to do good around Gotham. And the way he's doing it is actually kind of interesting. You even see people like going back to Duke Thomas. Like he's even in here. Because they end up going to this part of, of of Gotham that needs a lot of help, and you know Napier goes to him, you know, for some help. Who doesn't trust him at first, but you know, this is like, like I said, it's 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 a pretty interesting story. Like I'm not really selling it all that well, but if you want a nice, um, at least so far, I'm really hoping that they don't get to the end of this and it's like, ha ha, the Joker's were just doing this all along, and you know, 
it, it, everything is back in the common place. But it is a real intriguing story from 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 a different angle because it's like like I said, it is definitely Joker focused, and it seems like to set up Batman as the villain because he is acting real crazy. Mm. But um, at the same time, like this is a story we don't get to see that often, which is why it was compelling to me and why I wanted to check this out. So it's cool, and I, like, I enjoyed the art style. Like Sean Murphy's, um, well, my yeah, I think Sean Murphy is also doing the art on this. Because he's writing and also doing the art, and Hollingsworth is doing the um, colors. Um, yeah, it is. It's some good art. It is. It is a personally interesting story to me because, like I said, you always see this, you know, Batman in this one way, but this kind of paints him in another light and brings out stuff that you kind of could see in a, in a regular book, but doesn't necessarily come out. You know, sure. So, especially when th- dealing with things like how collateral damage is being handled um when when the bat takes down the criminals and whatnot so it, it kind of goes down that line it is pretty cool you should check it out though but anyway i have believed the point long enough right so like Roddy was saying it's issue four of eight so uh it's a good time to start and maybe catch up oh yeah all right so i believe that covers the bat corner of the dc universe from our perspective let's see what else we all read here Let's see, Tim's got some. Tim's got. Uh, I didn't read that. Wow, it looks like that ends the uh, the crossover between myself and Roddy. So, just like last week, I may just start running through what Tim and I read. That sounds. Yeah, do it. All right, here we go. So, Astonishing X Men number seven. So, um, I have to uh, actually, I act. I have to uh, correct. For those of you that follow the uh, the the Twitter links to our. Um, our worksheet, our spreadsheet for the, each show. Um, Tim Dog's note needs to be adjusted somewhat for Astonishing X-Men number seven because, yes, spoiler alert, it isn't from the last issue, but I'm still going to ring it. Charles Xavier is back as Mr. X in the body of Phantom X. But, uh, but uh, what do you want to re- Did you, you want to hit the, uh, the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the, uh, the drum? Mm-mm, no, good. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought I thought you say, you know, like make the the sound effect. No, um, I did. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, That's what I thought you were doing. Um, but uh, uh, in collecting the the craze that was unleashed by the Shadow King, this is uh, uh, the aftermath of the opening story arc by Charles Soule, wherein Charles Xavier is found to be still at least a fragment of uh, Charles Xavier is found to have been. Uh, in capture, uh, uh, entrapped by one uh, Amal Farouk, aka the Shadow King, on the astral plane, thereby keeping Charles Xavier alive, while the rest of Charles Xavier was blasted into nothingness by uh, Scott Summers uh, using the Phoenix Force. So, that being the case, he's uh, he's been brought back, and uh, as a result of the battle with the Shadow King, there was a craze being spread around the populace. Of uh, I believe it's London. I, I, it could be Paris. It's a European city. Ultimately, as the Earth author, as the human authorities are trying to uh, to, to take control of the situation, the X Men f- basically save the day, foil their att- foil the uh, the human authorities' attempts to uh, take out large swaths of uh, uh, of people to prevent this craze from spreading. And as Professor X, aka uh, AKA what did what was his code name? Mr. X. I totally I totally uh, forgot about what they call. It. Yeah, it is Mr. X. As Mr. X is trying to collect what is being spread around, as uh, and and causing the craze, 
what we find is it's a, another classic X-Men villain that is behind the uh, ability to spread this particular craze that the Shadow King was, uh, w- 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 was setting forth on the world. It's not Prometheus. It's actually Proteus. Prometheus is a DC character. Proteus is an old school X-Men villain who has died a couple of times. You know, he's an energy uh, vampire, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I read it. Uh, he was initially uh, dispersed by Colossus. You know, one of the first, I believe is one of the first uh, 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 killings, you know, at the hands of Colossus you know, that had to be done. So, but that's the uh, the gist of this issue. It's never over. <laughs> Just as the heroes are, are taking a breath after defeating the Shadow King, another evil steps in, you know, s- steps up to the plate. So, Wait, did, you, uh, did you also do Superman? I haven't yet. Oh, no man. I was just okay. covering the books that Tim and I have in common. Superman is not one of them. Okay. Um, here we go with the next book, Guardians of the Galaxy number 150. Mm-hmm. So Tim's notes on this are Adam Warlock. No spoiler because it's right on the cover. Adam Warlock is back and an A-list villain is behind his return. Uh, Drax also quits the team. So my notes on this is it's not yet the end of the guardians of the galaxy, but soon, because this is the end of this particular volume of the book. Um, it is an A-list villain that uh, brings back Adam Warlock, but it's not a, it's kind of an unusual suspect suspect when it comes to this particular group of heroes. Good. Say that. I was going to ask, is it anyone good? It is. Okay. It is. So this is leading into infinity. Uh, you know, the, what is it? The countdown they call it? Uh, yes. Right. So, this is all leading into that. There is no finality. There's no, uh, there's no closure here. This is just the end of this particular volume. Hmm. See. Okay. Phoenix Resurrection number two. My first and foremost note on this is that Carlo, uh, that Carlos Pacheco is on art, and it's awesome. <laughs> always glad to see his art. Uh, it's always it's always fun when they get uh, you know kind of like the all stars to uh, to take an issue here here and there. So. Nice to see Carlos Pacheco on a Marvel book again. If I'm not mistaken, he was on. Uh, he, I don't think he was exclusive, but he was on a, a short DC trip uh, fairly recently. So that was my first note. Uh, let's see what Tim has to say about this. Uh, he's wondering if this series will be used to return a ton of dead X Men to life, including Jean Grey, Cyclops, Jamie Madrox, and Banshee. I want to say they kind of. I, there's been an article that kind of alluded to as much. Hmm. So. Was it written by one Tim Dog ninety eight? I actually not sure. <laughs> I just thought about that because I was like, "Was that article?" But I don't remember. Yeah. All righty. Uh, next up is uh, Spider Man number two thirty six. So aside from a Spider Man Homecoming call out, Miles discovers the identity of the Iron Spider. Uh, my own notes basically said, "Ultimate Universe characters collide." So that's pretty much what happens there. And that covers the books that Tim Dog ninety eight and myself read in common this week. Okay, gotcha. So I'm just typing that in real quick. Um, I will go ahead and drop down a couple myself. So actually, we got some. You know what? We should. Um, well, maybe it's not necessary because I'm about to say, there's some kind of news about that front because I know does this have anything to do with Spider uh, Spider Man two? Because because that there was some I know there's some news later on about some ultimate shenanigans. Ultimate Universe shenanigans that might be going on off of that. You know? Nah, it's not directly related. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Because this goes back to Secret Wars. 
Ah, right. As everything does. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, well, you don't need to see that. Next up on the list for me is, as I pulled up mine, is, um, you know what? Let's just get this one out of the way because I think Tim also read this one. Rogue and Gambit, number one. One, one, one. Um, so conveniently, those, um, those, uh, X Men '90s lovers of note will take take note of this pairing because I'm sure they those were the ones they were shipped. Um, Rogue and Gambit end up on a mission together. They're still kind of well. Rogue's like feels like she has the weight of the the, the world on her shoulder. And is not ready for the relationship or not trying to get see herself getting back into a relationship with Gambit. But you can still see something there. Gambit's still kind of. Um, like Gambit still trying to is still into her and still wants it, um, but um, also as someone pointed out on Twitter and I think I, I think Tim retweeted it, it like there's a side of Gambit in in this that you don't normally really see because you see the whole thief you know playboy type uh, Gambit, but there's like they, they were having a conversation during the, uh, during the course of the mission. That's like like this is a side of the game, but we don't really see that often, and it's kind of interesting. But um, the crux of the story is that conveniently they get put together on a mission that has to do with some some paradise that may be um, basically some 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 mutant based shenanigans going on at this um, at this paradise. So these two get sent in to check and see what it is. Um, but the most of the issue. Which actually is kind of fun, is fun and interesting. Is you know after the initial, you know, you get a little bit of danger room. You get Gambit coming to the scene. You get you know a little tete a tete between them two and whoever else is around. And then the mission gets thrust upon them. You know, the the most of the the um, issue is them talking while they're going through this mission, and then something happens, and that then that ends the book. So. But um, it's it's definitely was intriguing enough for me to say, hey, I might end up checking out checking out the next issue. Front. All right. And I am sure fans of the Rogue Gambit pairing, and I do know of at least one of them, will be curious about this book. And I don't think you will probably be disappointed if you are one of those people. I think, and I think, well, so Tim does say something about mentions it in his notes, and he says. Um, well, he says an okay issue. Fans of these characters and older X Men stories should be should enjoy because yeah, there's a little bit of X Men, not necessarily fan service, but there's a a couple of very direct. Like I said, it was like I mentioned um, with some d- Danger Room stuff and whatnot. That kind of tugs at you for a sec. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Oh, I missed the DC stuff, but that's fine. I'll get to that in a second. Um, you know what? I will go ahead and bring this one up real quick. Rise of the Black Panther, number one. And of course, now is the time. Did you check this out? Hey, Was this hey. out last week? No, this just came out this week. Oh, this is, I did not, I, I get a copy. I did not read it. Yeah. So yeah, this is the first one that just came out this week. Um, Pardon me. So this is a story. Actually, this. I got the movie cover variant. That's how I remember. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, no. Proper, but the properly hued Chadwick Boseman. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we will definitely get to that. <laughs> but, cool. um, but the rest of the story starts um, with a young... It is basically the story of a young, um, I believe, just newly kinged T'Chaka. 
Uh, the story, whole story is being actually told, and I didn't realize this at first, but it's being told to T'Challa by Ramonda, apparently. Because you only see the narration, you don't see any, either one of them until like later on in the story. But basically, it starts with a story of, actually gives a good bit of history if you think about it, because it starts with a young, uh, I think, newly king T'Chaka. Um, he interacting with... Um, I don't know, not necessarily meeting because it's like they met already, but he interacting with um, T'Challa's mother, Nyambi, and then their story goes up, goes up into, you know, what they go through together. And, and that goes up through T'Challa's birth, goes up through, basically it, you end up going through in a nutshell, going from, you know, their interactions together, going up into meeting uh, Ramonda how, how, you know, how to check Miranda and it goes up into the point of where Claw comes into the issue and kills, um, spoiler alert, and kills T'Chaka. So, I say, yeah, minor spoiler, especially if you only know the MCU Black Panther. Well, that's true, but if you, but if you know the history of the Black Panther, you know, you know, one, two, and three things happened, right? So, um, but I would say that even if you are, well, if you are interested in the, in the character of Black Panther. And your only exposure is the MCU, which I guess I don't, I don't know if it's going to do anything about that or not, because obviously they don't go into that whole thing. They don't go into the whole history. I, I imagine they will when the movie comes out at some point. I mean, oh, well, next month. But this is actually a pretty good, could be history telling of some events to that, to, to um, you know, leading up to T'Challa uh, pretty much becoming king, you might as well say, because like I said, it, it happened, unfortunately, with the death of his dad. And that's where this ends up, but it was a definitely good read. So the it's worth noting that the the author of the book, uh, Evan Narcissus, uh, is a comic journalist for IO Nine, I believe. So this was a, a project that you know he's been kind of excited about, and it shows. This is actually, I I've read some of his works. It seems all right. I um I enjoyed what I read. Like it's definitely a read, you know. Like it's not a real quick read because it's um, but it's actually not like too wordy and 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 which for for comic books that could either go one way or the other. So, so um, I just wanted to note there was another thing that came out uh, uh to the direct market this week, um that was uh Black Panther related that was uh color your own Black Panther. Oh right, I forgot about that. Yeah, it did and, come out this week in the direct market. You'll probably pick it up at. Uh, uh, bookstores and uh, order, you know, have your comic bookstore order if you need. But uh, it did come out this week. And uh, if you're a fan, if you look at line art, which is what I'd get them for. <laughs> you also see the little golden book. I beg your pardon. Did you see the little golden book? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. Well, I, I ordered this myself. So gotcha. So I think it was, I can't remember if it was this week or last week. There's like you know how those little the little golden books like they used to have for kids, the little um like little hardback books where the little um. You know what I'm talking about. So the, apparently there's an Iron Man one out and there's a Black Panther one I think came out this week or last week. Nice. That. Yeah. I think the, the Black Panther one might have come out last week. I, th- I saw that. I almost picked it up, but it didn't. Anyway, that's good. That's good to know. Um, back to Rise of the Black Panther. It is also worth noting that some of the stuff that um, is referenced in this book and or shows up actually plays into stuff that is going on uh, or would be going on in the Black Panther proper book, and also sounds like, or it seems like it might be alluding to some stuff that's going on in the future that we've kind of seen hints of. So, and and it get, which kind of makes sense because Tanahisi goes, so as you can see on the cover, is kind of um, you know, 
in the periphery of this book. So, you know, they're they've obviously talking to each other about this. But like, like I said, check that out um, if you are so inclined. Uh, let's see. And yeah, you remind me after the show. I'm gonna have to order that book that you got because I totally, for- <laughs> totally forgot. To do it. <laughs> there you go. I did see it, and I was like, "Oh shoot!" Hey. Um, next up, let's see. Unless you got something you want to throw out. Um, let's see here. Since we don't have anything in common this week, I'll throw out a book. Um, I think I got like probably one. Actually, no, I got maybe like one or two that I would, could talk about before wrap it. And I, I don't have that much more after that, but. All right. Well, um, something I want to talk about relatively in depth would be, uh, I guess, I guess it's Black Bolt number nine, because I was trying to think, all right, I could do this in rapid, this in rapid, because a lot of the other stuff, you know, some fun stuff happens, but it's not as, uh, it's not deserving of any sort of analysis really. So Black Bolt number nine, this is a serious contender for click of the week for me. And I totally am a fan of this book. Um, uh, the, uh, the writing on this is, is top, 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 top notch. I wish this was uh, better, uh, better represented on the sales charts. I know that the Inhumans have kind of caught a lot of flack uh, lately for their sales. Saladin Ahmed and Christian Ward are churning out you know, that's the artist, uh, the writer and the artist, respectively, are churning out a phenomenally uh, good book. It is high quality every month. Um, I believe uh, Christian Ward took maybe an issue or two off, but that's pretty much it. Um, I'm going to ring the spoiler bell because if you, this is the first time you've heard me talk about Black Bolt, you should be listening to the, to the show more, one thing. And two, um, there, there is something that happened that I probably didn't completely spoil the first time around, but its effects are felt here in this issue, so I'm going to ring the bell. So, this issue is the story of the empty casket funeral for Carl Crusher Creel, with some surprise funeral guests, um, and and uh, hosted by one uh, Titania, uh, Crusher Creel's uh, girlfriend slash wife. I'm not sure if they're married, actually, but uh, it is a lot of remember it's a lot of fun i definitely definitely recommend this book i'm starting to uh, it's it's slowly creeping onto the list of books that i would recommend to uh people who who may be lapsed comic book fans and want to want, want to pick up on something that's relatively fresh and new so i would definitely uh, hand them this series and just tell them to look at it as a character study and it's a lot of fun it's so well written it's you know, like I, I don't have enough good things to say about it. So please, uh, you must read this book. I mean, yeah, you've definitely been the one on this book, uh, since, 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 since it's come out and you've had nothing but good things to say about it. And, uh, I, I'm going back like Christian Ward's art. It's like knowing it from like ultimates and whatnot. I believe it was open. Some sort of like, it's great stuff. So I don't doubt either any of that that you're, that you're saying. So, that's cool. I'm definitely going to check this out. Like, like I told you before the show, I'm going to check this, uh, try to catch up on this book this weekend because there's some also some news on um, the writer's front anyway. So uh, let's see. You got anything else you want to pop out there? You want me to uh, get something? Just wrap it. I got, uh, I got, like, I got, let me, let me see. One, two, three, three. Let me do this one, maybe two, and I can rapidify no, Just one, and I can rapidify the rest of these because. And this won't take that long. Um, <laughs> Transformers and Vis- versus Visionaries, number one. 
Now, the reason why I bring this book, I, I, I'm a fan of the Transformers, and I'm of a certain vintage, as our own um, Agent 70 would say, to, <laughs> to know about, and I'm sure he is too, to know about the Visionaries as a um, cartoon back in the 80s. Sure, not in depth. I don't remember watching it too often. Yeah, I don't think anybody did, you know, because it was kind of one of those ones that kind of came on. If it didn't come on Saturday, well, no, I think it might have come on Sunday. If it didn't come on Sunday, it came on kind of early Sunday. Regardless, um, it wasn't so, exactly like the, 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 the <clears throat> whatchamacallit, the most popular cartoon, put it that I way. Mean, but also back then, you had like, like hey, here's a, a cartoon. Toys, yeah. yeah, here's a cartoon for, car- for toys we're, we're trying to sell, and right. there were bunches of them, so this is no different. Nevertheless, uh, Transformers are Transformers. You know what those are. Visionaries are basically magic users from a planet um, and uh, it capitalized on a hologram technology and not gem and hologram. Although some sense, well, similarly, but you know, like magic holograms are basically that they fought with and had vehicles and all that other. So this in the IDW's um, crossing over with the two. And I don't know when this happened, but apparently um, I believe they called the Prismodians or, or something like that. The, the basically the visionaries, tried to invade Cybertron. Didn't work um, because their planet had died or a planet got blown up. Uh, but they ended up being, as far as this issue, this this is concerned, they ended up being refugees on Cybertron, ironically, like I said. And um, things are not really, things are kind of tense between the two factions because, you know, the Transformers, Transformers got their own thing and they're barely holding on as it is. Um, and the, the visionaries are basically refugees and they feel like they're under thumb. And like, mind you, the visionaries are like human size and transformers are transformers. So there is some tension between the two groups and, um, which kind of comes to a head. There's this talisman that seems to be a thing that's going to cause some problems. In fact, um, has started rearing its head in this issue. Um, that's going to cause the problems, some problems for our dear transformers folks. Uh, and cause um, there a big battle between these said some of these said visionaries, the evil visionary folks, and um, our dear Cybertronians. The other reason why I wanted to bring this up because spoiler alert, I can't hear it. I didn't hear oh, because I was muted. Whoops, sorry. Okay, here it is. And the cover doesn't necessarily. Well, there you go. The cover kind of alludes to something that happens. In that, um, a beloved character has bought it seemingly for the final time now that character on the cover that you see doesn't necessarily show who it is oh. but i will say this the universal greeting will never be the same again um i will oh, we've grown uh, we've nearly wrong mm-hmm. shout out to classic materia there you go shout out to classic materia but yeah, so like I said, in, during the, the course of the events of this book which is the funny about it, the part about this i want to bring this up so cup the long-standing transformer dies at the hands of one of the visionaries because of their weapons or magic base and apparently has, a, has um, or seemingly dies at the hands of this, uh, this visionary. The funny part, not that's not funny, but the, the, the weird part about this is like right at the end of this book, they do go into a memorial on Cup. So there was like, well, yeah, Cup's been around for 10 years and they, and they, and they recount some of the stories through the, the, the Transformers book and they're like, nope, this is it. He's dead. <laughs> Basically, and it's like, yep, this is the last time you'll see Cup in the book. So, which uh, one kind of makes me think, I'm like, okay, are they going to do like they did with Bumblebee and change him into a different character, or he's just dead, dead? But the only other thing that was funny about this is like, if you, well, at the time of this recording, IDW put sent out a tweet 
basically saying the same thing that it was, it was like, yep, we today we limit, you know, we basically memorialize Cup to like, you know, basically saying Cup's dead, you know. So I'm like, wow, they just really just put that out there like that, huh? The the weirdest thing about it is this is not even a proper Transformers book. This is like a, just a crossover. Like everything that's going on in the Transformers books now is what it is because you, I think, you can still see Cup in there, or at least after the, some of the last stuff, you know. But they go to great lengths to say it was like, nope, no more cut after this. So it's kind of weird that they did that. Mm. So like I said, R.I.P. Cup, the universal greeting in your name. Um, and the fact that they killed him off in an offshoot in, a, in an offshoot crossover book was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> but it is what it is. So um, I think after that, oh, Catalyst Prime Noble is the last one I kind of want to talk to and talk about, and then we can go wrap it. Okay. Uh, let's see. So, um, I think I am the only one that's probably been keeping up with this with this line. Uh, the main thing to say about this is that this issue has a lot of action in it. The, um, the main character of Noble and his wife here, Astrid, uh, are finally back together. He has his memories back um, after, after the events of last issue, or last couple of issues, I think I can't remember what it was, and they're pretty much ride or die, just, just fighting each other as the, the, the cover. It's, it's beautiful actually, um, if you've been keeping up with it. Uh, but something... Better, better, better stories. Is so what? I understand this is one of the better stories of the, uh, uh, from the Catalyst Prime imprint. Mm, yes, I would, I would go so far as to say that. I mean, there's some, I guess it depends on what you're looking for also, but yeah, this is pretty much the flagship. So, but yeah, it being like a solid, well put together, you know, yes. story. Okay. I, specifically for a, like, I don't want to say like a baseline comic, mm-hmm. but like this is basically an action. Well, you know, an action comic that you know it does have some stuff on it because of the overall world stuff. So yes, if you definitely want to go for one of in this line, definitely probably go for this one first, since the one kicks it off and it kind of is the the, mo- the more mainline one. Yeah. Uh, but yes, like I said, this issue has a lot of uh, action because the uh, David and Astrid are like fighting suits a bunch of folks. Um, while Lorena Payne, the, the quote unquote bad guy, is kind of um, inside this one place and, and trying to get some information from this doctor that tried to set her up, set up some stuff, uh, which almost ended in tragedy for one of our heroes, but didn't. Um, what ends up happening, however, after it's all said and done, is a nice, um, I guess, in the terms of Luke Cage, a coffee scene happens at the end, which was uh, pretty well done, I, I must say, after all the actions and so they um they they did some nice stuff in this issue. So I, I appreciated it. And I think fans of these characters would too. And that's what I'm going to say about that. Hey wait, does Tim have any I know he has been reading it. Um does he has have anything else that's nope he does not. So we can pretty much wrap it uh in so and he has two two DC titles actually that we haven't covered yet. So we're about to start rapid fire. All righty. So let me cover uh, at Tim Dog ninety eight's books. We have Superman number thirty eight. The Super Sons of Tomorrow storyline comes to a somewhat disappointing close, but the Titans of Tomorrow are stuck in the present. An interesting last page with the sacrilegious character now codenamed the Savior. Um, that's just my editorializing. That is not what Ad Tim Dog ninety eight wrote. He just sure. wrote an interesting last page with Savior. Uh, the other book that uh, Ad Tim Dog ninety eight read this week 
was Justice League number 36, Meet the New Chain-Smoking Batman. Plus, the League disagrees on how they should operate. Interesting. So that's that for uh, Tim's books. Um, let me go ahead and throw, since, since we're still on a kind of a DC kick uh, right here, I'm going to throw one right real quick. And that's Black Lightning, uh, Cold Dead Hands number three. Sure. Um, I don't know. I've, I, I, the, I'm not sure how to feel about this book. Like, I, I love the fact that Black Lightning's got a book. Like, but there has been some, it's been kind of teetering on good and weirdly kind of darted. And, and I say in my notes because, like, they kind of hit the rip from the headlines thing um, a bit, you know, in, in cases. And, and to, I don't know if I can say if it's to, to good a degree or not. But um, the whole thing has to do with, like, these two kids on the cover you see are on the run because they, their parents get killed um, through the act of um, a scared cop. Um, and these, and because of the main villain in the book is trying to drum up business, business for, um, you know his weapons. He basically puts it out there to, to you know, to, to to basically do more fear mongering because these kids have this weapon, and the, the the police go after these kids, and so do Black Lightning. You know, to try to save them, uh, Black Lightning gives a, a new, you know, new suit to to deal with some stuff. But like I said, this the story. I don't know, kind of what to think about it. Like it, it could be good, but it's, it just kind of gives me some weird feelings here and there in spots. Like, some of it's good, some of it could be good, but some of it's just like, really, you're just kind of doing this just for whatever. Um, it's worth noting that the, the creator of, type, uh, of uh, Black Lightning is the one that is writing this book. What, the, what that says doesn't mean anything, may or may or may not mean that much to folks out there. Also, Black Lightning, January 16th, coming up. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm still going to stick with this, but it's like, this, it's, it is... I don't know, I've been having some weird feelings about reading uh, a couple of these issues here, and this one wasn't any different. Uh, let's see. Okay. I mean, that's kind of uh, not exactly the ringing endorsement, you know? It's not, but like I said, it, like I said, it hasn't been bad. It's just that there are spots that's like, mm, that's like you kind of just throwing the dart, like you're just throwing darts, you know, at, at some of the stuff, just point it real. And I'm not entirely sure how to feel about it. Like I said, I would have to go back and over it again, but now it's not the time for that. Um, um, well, guess one more DC thing. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, exit stage left the Snaggle Puss Chronicles number one. <clears throat> I did read that. Um, so I know there's been a whole lot of hype about this book, and I know the more resistant I would argue, ignorant of people are going to take that hype and be like, hey, blah, 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 blah. So, and a lot of that hype doesn't necessarily need to get played up because it's, it, this book doesn't necessarily read like that. It's actually, it's, I mean, so this book was being written by Mark Russell, who's a political satirist, and it is definitely written in the vein of someone who writes that, in that kind of tone, like, like kind of tone. Um, which is not a bad thing, because like I said, it's a little something different than, than the normal comic book fair. And if you know anything about Cat, uh, Snagglepuss, it's an old uh, Hannibal Barrett character. They don't necessarily play up on all, any of that stuff. Like in this book, he's a playwright. He's basically um, a famous playwright. He's in the closet. He has his wife and he has his, you know, his his lover um, that he sneaks out. But see, there's a lot of, once again, satirical humor that's um, kind of played out. There's like none of, nothing outside of that really gets played up. And they kind of just play him. As a playwright, you know whatever that may be, um, uh, and you don't really get into too much like, um, hmm, 
Hmm. I guess gender uh, politics. I don't know what what the words are. In my, my words are failing me right now. But it's it's it is an interesting book to check out because, like I said, it was the way it the, the way it reads is like when you, this is definitely not a, a standard comic book for sure. But it doesn't try to beat you up upside the head with anything overt or, or or anything crazy. It's just written by someone who writes kind of a lot of satiric attire, and a lot of that stuff kind of comes comes out in this. But the story um, in itself is kind of one that you could see being played out in, like, say, a House of. No, I don't want to go House of Cards, but if you go down that road, you kind of if if House of Cards were has something to do with actually House of Cards probably not be right, but if you kind of you might get my mention because I, I have haven't not seen that much of House of Cards. I probably shouldn't say that. Let's just say you could have seen this in some sort of drama um, or HBO drama. Let's put it that way. There we go. And I'm trying to think of a specific one because there's one that would closely tie to this, and I can't. So I'm gonna leave it right there. I say check it out if you're feeling adventurous. It's actually not a bad read, but there's nothing anything in here that's you know gonna be crazy it's definitely something different um and that's not a not a bad thing okay all righty so if those are your rapid fire books i'm more giving it a rest what's that i said no i got still got a couple more but you go yeah i've got at least you know if i can just last one this is my last one yeah i was about to give one more i was like wait i just went through your list yeah you didn't have that many i had more than that but actually there is one that we both talked about but we don't really have to belabor that one either so i meant that we both know about but Star Wars number 41 uh, is my last, my one well, of my last one, because like I know we'll probably, oh no, it's not, I do have two, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ, what am I doing? Um, but it is Star Wars related, so Star Wars 41, um, uh, sorry, I'm trying to write this down at the same time, uh, they're still on Jedha, Luke's basically been taken to this big chasm, he and this other guy, because they want to learn learn about the Force uh, from these people that you see on the background of this, pay, uh, of this um, cover, they uh, get into some hard lessons, and which doesn't go well for one of them. And uh, Luke's kind of um, feeling some kind of way about uh, what's going on with that stuff. On the other side of this, uh, the Empire's got this new mining weapons, like a big, big uh, mining drill or whatnot. And Han and Leia are trying to find a way to stop it because they can't seem to do so. And one of the power, the one of the, the people. That are trying to help them or is not helping them because they're trying to commit suicide because they think they're being hopeless. But like I said, um, things happen. And Chewbacca comes back into the scene and gets himself hurt trying to bring in some information. So the crew is back together again and um, things are going to start popping off in a minute. And now the last book I have, which is Star Wars related, is Star Wars Adventures Force of Destiny Princess Leia number one. And boy, does that roll off the tongue. Hmm. Um, so. It is another all ages book. Um, it is, as you can see, focused on Princess Leia. In fact, on seemingly takes place during the time right before Empire Strikes Back, which is slightly weird be- because um, there's a character that shows up in this book who I'm pretty certain wasn't in that movie. In fact, it is, uh, if you know the character of uh, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels, that that person is also here along for the ride because her Han and Leia are on Hoth. Um, like I said, this seem this seems like it takes place right right before Empire Strikes Back, which is like weird. Um, but they have this mission to find a ship that uh, because they need supplies and and the Empire is looking for them. And Vader shows up and sending out probes, and that part does does end up happening. 
Um, but the bigger thing is, is that this being an all ages book, there's a um, there's a lesson here because you know you see Leia uh, being Leia, but also she's trying to keep up a, a you know a front, uh, not a front, I should say. She's basically being her, but also learning the lesson that hey, once you fall, you get back up again. It's basically the, the basically that you see kind of comes back up during the course of the story um, uh, again and again. And this is a series of one shots that's coming out in the next couple of months. Like this one's focused on Leia. The next one is probably going to be like on Ray or and one on Hera and a couple of that. So if you've got a, a little kid that, that's um, into Star Wars. And specifically, not even specifically Leia, because I mean, anybody could have because it's actually a, a decent read. It's just that you can kind of see where they're going for, you know, with the, the lesson in this book. But it's another good, um, it's another good all ages Star Wars book. Technically, and now I'm done. All right, good work with that. So let's see what I can do to hurry this along. I really only have a few more books to talk about. Rapid Fire, Captain America number 697. It's a fun start to the next Man Out of Time Captain America story. Uh, it involves Craven the Hunter. It kind of plays the way you think it'll play, so that's a downside to it. Um, an upside to this book is an alternate cover. It's the Avengers variant cover I picked up by John Cassidy this week. It's pretty cool. Showing it up to our viewers at home. Another Rapid Fire book for me is... Uh, X-Men Grand Design number two. The only reason why it's rapid fire is because I feel like I would be doing an injustice if I went through it. All I can say is I recommend it if you're a fan of the X-Men, if you're a fan of uh, Hip Hop Family Tree and Ed Piscor's um, uh, style and his storytelling uh, and his style of storytelling and his great storytelling ability, please go read this. It is informative, educational, fun, beautiful in its own way. Um, it's just great. You know, yeah, that, that- this was the other one that I was going to say that you and I both read. This was the one I was alluding to. So right, right. Not honestly, it's not so much that we can review it, other than say what we, you know, what we can talk about in terms of like its aesthetics and it and 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 the the, the method of storytelling that he uses. So right. I mean, the the, the, the nut to shell of it, and I think we talked about this last time we talked about it, is that it's a history of the, the X Men. Uh, is basically X Men history. Exactly. Exactly. Um, X Men Gold number nineteen is more off world adventures of kind of the um and, and kind of a classic x-men vein uh, this is mark guggenheim telling you know uh stories that that really touch upon a lot of uh, uh moments in x-men history and and, and twist them for a, a new a, a new set of readers so that's what's going on in x-men gold number 19 uh let's see if there's anything else on this list no that's pretty much it so i think we can get to clicks of the week <laughs> You ready? I can go with mine. Tim's. So if you want to go ahead and read that one. Yeah, I'll read Tim's and I'll do mine. If you're still if you're still uh contemplating. I'm actually might be with him on this one, but yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh Tim's click of the week is Batman and the Signal number one. Because it's Duke Thomas headlining his own miniseries, and he gets a secret base and superhero code name. Yeah, actually, I take the back. I, like, I could do it, but, but the reasons why I could, like, so I still don't have. Like, it definitely was a good read, but there was if I if I knew more about the the book and that character, you know, and and this kind of gave me a little bit more of that. I would probably say yes. Gotcha. So what was yours? Oh, mine is you know, mine is pretty. Mine is pretty easy. It's uh, Black Bolt number nine. Seriously, so good. 
Um, it I, I've joked about this before on the show. It makes me want to go back and pick up the Marvel Legends like kind of peg warmer uh, characters from that uh, the Build a Figure Absorbing Man set because I want I really want an Absorbing Man now. And I opened up uh, Amazon, um, you know, through the uh, CSPN US link. Say again. I was like, you wait till he's dead now that you want him. Yeah, well, I always wanted him, but now I'm just like, now he's dead. I was like, oh, man, now I got to get, you know, like, who do I need from this, this set? And what kills me about this set is that it's seven characters to build Absorbing Man. I did get the the, the ones that are uh, very expensive on the secondary market now, uh, Spider-Gwen and uh, and Venom. So I did pick up those two characters, and I and I did get uh, Ben Riley Spider-Man's uh, costume. So out of the seven, I have three, which means I have to pick up four characters I don't really want in my collection, but I want an Absorbing Man. So I may have to uh, bite the bullet, but get them on like the super cheap on Amazon because it looks like the bulk of these are like thirteen bucks, twelve ninety nine. You know, I don't necessarily have to pay what Toys R Us is asking for, like the full nineteen ninety nine, even though they're peg warming figures. Oh yeah, there's we got some TRS news coming up. Um, so yeah, self, uh, hmm, man, Noble was pretty good this week. Um, but I think, like, I, I check out Catalyst Prime Noble. Um, I, I, if you want something, I'm not gonna say completely different, but something a little, you know, some a newer line with a with a with a story that has could have some potential. Um, coolness to it going down the line especially once they start getting stuff together um but um i think i'm going to put this one for rise of the black panther number one because i just thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed um reading reading that book like i said it is it is there's some stuff in there you knew but it's also in depth about some stuff that you didn't know about uh the backstory into to um to to going up to t'challa to, to coming into being and afterwards, shortly afterwards, so it's kind of cool, especially like if you want to get to know the uh, the back history or a good, pretty solid. Now, some of it seemed like it could be like there's probably like one point it might be like, seemed like it might be a little bit of a retcon, mm. but or at least it, it kind of read that way. That's not necessarily the case that it was, but nevertheless, it was a good read and um, I enjoyed it. Alrighty, and you said black bolt for you, so I got you for that. Yep, yep, yep. Alrighty, so those are clicks of the week. Yep. Got a stamp in it. There you go. All right. So I'm going to be pulling up in a moment our first ad read for the night. And we'll, we will uh, transition into the news. So our first ad read of the night is for audible.com, our free uh, free 30-day trial through cspn.us. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash comic book chronicles over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, I can personally recommend an audiobook available at audio at audible.com, uh, such as uh, Between the World and Me by Tanahasi Coates, who's uh, the current writer of Black Panther. Uh, I can also personally recommend It by Stephen King. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash comic book chronicles. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash comic book chronicles for your free audiobook. Do it today. 
I guess there is something because I think the, I remember the last time I did that, um, I recommended the book and I would still recommend it, but I haven't actually read the book yet, so it's probably not good. I mean, it's probably not worth it. But anyway, we are going to go into the news. Into the news as I find the right soundtrack. <laughs> see that you didn't see that first up <clears throat> actually we got a good bit of cinematic news i was kind of surprised for, for it to begin being the uh beginning of the year but actually hey things are popping russo brothers tease a major infinity war upgrade for bucky now i almost didn't put this in there because i'm like this he's in wakanda pretty much standard reason why this upgrade is going to be he's getting a new arm from from, from wakanda but right. still, it's news so there you go all righty uh next up Thor's radical transformation continues in Avengers Infinity War. So directors Joe and Anthony Russo, you know, uh, d- uh, conducted a Q&A session about the movie. And uh, they were asked what happens to, uh, you know, what happens to Thor. And it's basically a direct continuation of uh, the developments that happened in Thor Ragnarok. And if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, guess what? Uh, you may have to be waiting for the video release. <laughs> Which actually, um, I thought we had news on that, but it's coming very soon, right? Yeah, like March or something like that. Anyway, and and yeah, it sounds like Thor's arc is going to be similar to like what they're doing with Hulk's, like where it's a progression things that happens to him. Right. And boy, that, 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 that infinity is showing in that picture, isn't it? Um, <laughs> that storyline, which is a great storyline. You ever get a chance to read it? Um, but yeah, Renner wraps up filming on Avengers 4. Not a goodbye, only a see you later. So Jeremy Renner playing uh, Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, has finished his shooting on Avengers 4. What comes next for the dude? Who knows? All right. Uh, watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline in chronological order. So I guess Screen Rant put together a full timeline. Yeah, somebody else did. But it's basically a YouTube video where somebody basically, they actually put in some work um, because they like go from, like you just basically see clips from like say uh, like episodes of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, like clips of, um, you know, uh, all the any, all of the movies at the various timelines that they pop in. So it's like, okay, Captain America, the first Avenger, then Agent Carter, then, you know, this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, you know, the blah, 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 and it just kind of keeps going like that. So there's some, like, um, audio, but none of it's, like, pertinent. Like, there's not, like, hey, this is a key, you know, this is, like, a key scene that happened. This is just, like, okay, hey, this is an episode, I mean, or this is what happened. So it basically goes through all the movies, and I didn't finish it, because it's, like, 15, 16 minutes, and so I'm, I'm going to assume it only goes up to Thor Ragnarok, if that I'm not sure because I don't know if they have enough to put there. Obviously, Black Panther's not out, so I don't know if they have to put it. But I only got like halfway through it. It's it's, it's, it's interesting. They got to set some music, but like I said, it's it's interesting. Uh, South African actress Connie Chiume, I apologize if I um, butchered your name, reveals her role in Black Panther and sounds like she's going to be playing a mining elder in the movie. So it's kind of significant in this because while it's the movie's being shot in Atlanta, they have actually gone and gotten... Um, I think she and like two other people from South Africa who are playing in roles. And obviously they're, they're not the only ones, but the, the, it is kind of significant um, for that and for them because they, they seem to be pulling out the stops for that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Uh, I guess we'll keep the Black Panther train going and say that Black Panther, the, the Marvel's latest trailer will arrive next Skip week. The what? Skip the one because this is what I was going to talk about. Wait, did I? Yeah, Black Panther's runtime may exceed two hours. I did. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right. Yeah. So the story is that um, 
there's a listing on eventcinemas.com that says the movie clocks in at two hours and 15 minutes. What's funny is that a conversation that Roddy Cat and I were having leading into the show off the air was about uh, buying tickets yes. for Black Panther. And uh, certain... I'm sorry. Which are still not out at the time. Yeah, they are not. Exactly. They are not out yet at the time of this recording. But unbeknownst to myself, I, you know, that, that was unbeknownst to myself at the time that I was looking. I was trying to make plans for um, opening night and uh, a certain uh, website and app uh, kind of dropped a couple of beans for me, you know, dropped a spill of beans for me to a certain extent. They actually posted the same or similar runtime. I think it was two hours and 14 minutes. So mm -hmm. th this, is being, this is close to being confirmed that the, the movie's clocking in at roughly two hours and 14 or 15 minutes. And uh, that would make Black Panther one of the longer Marvel Cinematic solo features. Right, which is and yeah, and I mean, like most of the, a lot of these movies have been relatively this long, at least the, the later ones. Right, definitely. they get closer to two hours and plus. Mm -hmm. So this is not out of the ordinary because I think the the only other thing that makes this kind of sort of significant is that there was a a rumor or something going around saying that um, there could have been a cut of the film that might have been closer to three, four hours or something. I don't know if that was actually a joke or just like you know something. Right. But it sounds like there was a, it could have been a little bit longer than this if this is being the case but like I said, this is kind of standard at this point for this one either way six weeks i can't wait you're up next sit with the, what you were going to talk about the trailer uh, and yeah back on that point um latest trailer will arrive next week um as a well yeah this was a couple of days ago when this came out and sound like it's going to come out uh during foosball that's what we call it what movie was that from foosball Oh, oh, um, 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 damn it. It's Adam Sandler, stupid. Oh, Waterboy. Waterboy. Thank you. Why do I remember that? I don't know. Listen, I remembered it too. We remembered it right at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, so next week's college football playoffs next Monday night. Uh, there's going to be a new trailer. I just want the movie. Bring it on. Yeah. Uh, basically waiting. Uh, Black Panther preview explores the comic book history of Wakanda. So this is another video that was on YouTube and that's not it. Um, it, that kind of basically it's it's not that much to it but it does talk a little bit about, about Wakanda and stuff like that it's it's neat it's um, like definitely going to be something that's probably going to put on the um the dvd i mean the, the blu-ray when once it comes out sure so, all right next up uh she's gotta have it starred the wanda wide um so wait a minute let me make sure i'm not skipping because this is no, no, no you're right yeah, I made sure I put that there for a reason. Um, DeWanda Wise lands a major co-starring role in Captain Marvel with Brie Larson. And part of the internet went kind of, I'm not going to say kind of crazy, but me personally. And now if you're watching the video, you see the same lady. She's a pretty looking woman. She also has this striking resemblance of another fan favorite character of mine and a lot of other people. And that is Monica Rambeau, ladies and gentlemen. And let's hope, and this is while this article doesn't say anything about the fact that she is actually playing that because they're saying it's a mysterious role. I th the speculation is that she is going to be Monica Rambeau and I cannot wait. <laughs> I, think it, it. I, think, I think they're actively pushing some fanboy buttons on Roddy Cat. They, Oh, <laughs> I think that I think that's actually why they did that because you think because a lot of people like uh, Monica Rambeau. Listen, so, I'm a huge fan of the character. Part of me is thinking it's the you know I have to keep reminding myself contain the fanboy rage. Agreed, and 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 understand that yeah you know to a certain extent these characters have been have interacted a lot more in recent times. But you know when Monica Rambeau was out and about. Carol Danvers was nowhere to be seen. Monica Rambeau led the Avengers. Carol Danvers has never done that. 
It's true, but also this Captain Marvel movie is also being set back in the 80s. And I agree with you because, yeah, we don't know what in the world. We, we don't yeah, know how, how they would interact. How, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. obviously, it's MCU. We have, to, we have to understand that things are going to be adjusted for uh, the cinematic universe. Um, and, you know, you have to kind of contain your fanboy rage. So whatever um, you know about I the mean, characters, you know, the best parts of these characters is what you hope that they bring onto the screen. Because, I mean, best comes the best, and especially with Spidey. And it was like, okay, if they actually did her origin, then that would mean she would be with, like, she would, her, her origins would be in a Spidey annual. Well, a Spidey movie. Yeah, like exactly. that. So, yeah, we don't know. Like I said, this is it's, it's speculation, but it seems pretty good that she's probably going to be my Uncle Rambo. Hopefully they do the character justice. She seems pretty. Moving right along. All right. So, Rosario Dawson. Reportedly back for more Daredevil and Iron Fist on Netflix. That's a good thing. She'd be reportedly returning as Claire Temple for the right. two new seasons of those shows. Like arguably the best thing about some of those shows. <laughs> I still haven't watched Iron Fist or Defenders. <sighs> I don't know what I don't know what to tell you about Iron Fist. I watched it just to just to say that you know I made it I made it all the way through so and I could legitimately see, legitimately criticize it. Right or Punisher for that matter. But yeah, I get to that. It, it, it's, it's fine. It'll be fine. Um, and yeah, I'll be doing it for the exact same reason as you, just to get through it. So, um, I believe this is me. Daredevil set photos tease tough times for the Kingpin in season three. So, Kingpin and um, season two kind of took an L. Well, not took an L, but kind of took a little chill in the jail cell. He's going to be back, seemingly still behind bars, but more than likely to probably be out come that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, mm-hmm. Marvel's series, The Gifted has been renewed at Fox for a season two. Have you watched that? I have not. Neither, neither have I. I hear, one of those shows I hear pretty good things about. I think it's Runaways, though. Yeah, I want to catch up on Runaways. You know, shout out to the people who uh, are going to help me out with some Hulu. So, um, <laughs> word. You're up next. Uh, uh, Ryan Johnson addresses the last Jedi backlash, backlash says necessary for Star Wars to grow he basically said you have to kill it you have to burn it if you hit it down and have no, he didn't say that but basically <laughs> like look in order I, and I'm paraphrasing phrasing this but actually his his words here says the culture is never divided make people upset about a new thing the conversations are happening now we're going to happen at some point if Star Wars is going to Grow, move forward, and stay vital. So basically, saying it's like, yeah, something's got to, something's got to move. And I agree because I mean, it, it can't, for many reasons, be the same as what it was. Right. And ultimately, it's it's the uh, the 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 current canon version of the extended universe on screen. That's what it comes down to. And yeah. really, some of the and some of the quote unquote black backlash is from people who doesn't necessarily care about the fact that Star Wars needs to go on. They just don't want the way things are now because of the, the you know what's going on and who's playing in the the, the, the movies that's kind of what it boils down to definitely has a uh, definitely yeah. part to play but at the end of the day some of the actors that we grew up with can't play those characters anymore yeah like it like the the, the, the universe is big and it grows and it's and it's supposed and it should move so that's what that is um speaking of star wars the last jedi the movie closes out 2017 with a cool billion dollars and it still has not yet opened in the land of china or at least at the time of that article which i don't think it has another either way look it's gonna make bank no big surprise yeah you know it again did you, you say you were gonna go back to it again right or I no i have not yet i have not had the time because the holidays just took up you know an inordinate amount of time so true uh, Justice League Blu-ray release date and Steelbook art revealed. I think we looked at some of that 
Steelbook art. Regardless, um, come according to a Best Buy listing site, which we don't know whether that's the case or not. March thirteenth, twenty eighteen. That's when Justice League is coming to Blu-ray. Are you gonna buy it? Yeah, I'm probably buy it. I mean, stupidly me, I've been buying all of these. You know, I think I'm trying to remember ones that I haven't bought yet or at all. But I've bought all of these movies, so it's. I haven't bought the X-Men. Um, I bought. I have some of those. I don't. I think. Um, like I think I obviously got one of them through. You know, what? uh, I got first class and Days of Future Past. I don't have ones. Uh, I haven't bought all of them, and it's surprising. I'm gonna have to try to sit down and watch Wonder Woman again because I tried it once, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I actually bought this!" But uh, I um, I haven't seen it since. I think there was one time I was like, "Um, just sit here." I had a weird Die Hard run lately, but anyway, that's listen. Here. There's nothing wrong with that, but the thing is, I only watched the original Die Hard. Right. So <laughs> forget the run. Just watch the first one. No, I would. I like since Christmas, I've watched the three and i think i'm probably gonna just go ahead and finish out the last two but actually uh, that's neither here nor there like yeah the one one, then, what's that no the first die hard oh yeah i yeah, watched yeah. that just the other day i think yeah so you kind of have to around this time of the year so <laughs> come on it's the best christmas movie of all time so I, I, you're not gonna get any argument from me from that but yet people <laughs> will argue that you would not get an argument from here all right so you just read the just wait who, who read the justice league one did you or did i, I so, actually, speaking of Wonder Woman. Yeah, right. So, Patty Jenkins says Wonder Woman 2 will be totally different. Okay. You mean, like, it's not going to have a CGI uh, last scene with a CGI last scene villain? Come on. Well, hopefully, they will have better CGI by twenty, by, by the later this year or whatever. I mean, but that's a whole DC thing. And that's not that's not Wonder Woman itself. I'm, I'm going to assume because of it was an origin story and it was a period piece. I'm going, and I would imagine this one's probably going to be set in like the 80s or something. I don't know. This is, but uh, Patty Jinx, Jinx, I keep wanting to call it Patty Jinx. Jenkins says, uh, we're actually making a totally different movie with a lot of the same similar, wait, with a lot of the same similar like things that we love, but on its own, a completely movie, uh, on completely movie. So it's not two to us, it's an entirely new adventure together that we couldn't be luckier to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, 19 we'll see you got next dc's titan series casting call may confirm trigon because you can't do a titan series without trigon showing up nope that's it i don't think they even have a name yet they just basically have a little description of what they were they're looking for in a person right, they're related mm-hmm. so all right so nightwing live action film in development with the lego batman director so warner brothers has officially landed matt reeves uh of um, War for the Planet of the Apes to take the reins of the Batman. And now the studio is looking to launch a whole new Batman adjacent property to go along with it. Go figure. So, have you seen anything this dude's done? The like Lego movies? War of the Planet of the Apes or Lego Batman? I hear Lego Batman's actually pretty good. But... I haven't finished all of Lego Batman. Sure. Gotcha. Okay. Just curious. I think it was uh, on HBO. Probably. I think I have it actually. Um, uh, one of these days. I was just, it was like, I mean, live action and Lego thing is probably a little bit different anyway. But again, it's not the first time because those other two cats end up getting moves off of it. So, right. Moving right along, uh, Jessica Parker's Kennedy's mystery character will return to the Flash some kind of way. Um, I guess this person, I'm not sure who this person is, but that name sounds familiar for some reason. Uh, was in the four part Crisis on Infinite, uh, Crisis, excuse me, Crisis on Earth X. I mean, it's a crisis, regardless, it's DC. Um, and apparently, I don't know if that person was was there long enough to get a reason to stick around, but apparently they were bad for one reason or another. So, okay. okay. Alrighty. Uh, Arrowverse's heroes sued up in mid-season premiere trailer. So, um, the mid-season premiere is coming up. 
and uh, there's some cool scenes of the heroes suiting up for action. Yeah, apparently they're doing a trial of the Flash. If you're on on the Flash part of that one, I'm still not caught up on none of those shows, but I'm close. So good on them. Uh, let's see. Oops, don't don't you dare. Black Lightning's new trailer teaser. I'm gonna do that. Auto play. Stupid thing. I need to get that um thing. Uh, Black Lightning's new trailer teases a superhero family. Um, so yeah, there's a new trailer for the upcoming show Black Lightning, which is two weeks from now. Yes, let's say two weeks from now. Uh, that's going to start. And there's a trailer for it, which I still haven't seen yet because hey, it's coming. Okay. Uh, first look at Nafisa Williams suiting up as Black Lightning superheroine Thunder. Oh yeah, you know Black Lightning's going to have his kids. This is one of them, and you see her in a in costume. For those of you watching online. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Next up, I didn't have to put this on here, but you know, fans will. Uh, oh, we're fans. I'm glad you have this here. Yeah, totally. So we just found out yesterday that Animaniacs returns at Hulu with a season with a two season order. Um, let's see, so the classic Warner Brothers animated series will return in 2020 with two more seasons. Uh, no word on whether the original cast is going to be involved in it or any of the. Have to. Cause I know, right? Because they've been out there talking about it. They've um, been doing, you know, like promo stuff, and you know, like doing like performances based on these characters. Come on! But yeah, but this, according to this awkward, no, that's you know, no guarantees. There's no, well, there's yeah, they, they have nothing, and it's once again 2020. Yeah, so a little bit of a ways in the. Okay. Uh, Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a, in, in just as if the the original folks are not involved, and I believe, um, yeah. This includes Pinky and the Brain, Elmira, uh, wait. No, comedy. I'm sorry. No, this is basically saying Animaniacs, which I think is already on there. Pinky, yeah, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, and all those shows are on. That's the Yeah, and Tiny Toons, they're there now. As a matter of fact, I, was, I saw them earlier tonight. Anyway, so that's cool. Um, yeah. All righty. So the chilling adventures of Sabrina is casting Harvey and Madam Shaitan. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Oh, by the way, there's a... Um, you didn't see this, but there's a couple over. Yeah, a little bit, not much, but um, so yeah, they've well, I'm gonna go ahead and say they basically cast um Sabrina also. Like this first one was basically they're they're doing like just like the um the Trigon thing. They're they're looking for characters, and so you know they don't have anybody in mind just yet. Just looking for folk. Uh, but the news that Mad Men's uh, Kiernan Shipka will play Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix for said show. Uh, this person, best known as Sally Draper on Mad Men, will play Sabrina Spellman whenever that happens. Okay. Um, I can go ahead and do this real quick because uh, there's only a couple. Legion Season 2 casts a Homeland actor as the Shadow King. I think we told you previously that uh, there was somebody I already had a role, but they had bowed out for some kind of reason. Um, and this character, the person's name is Navid uh, Negaban. Uh, Neg- Negaban, I apologize. I'm. I'm oh, what? Where? Um, Navid Negba, Negaban. 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 Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I said, I don't want to keep trying yeah. to put person name, so I apologize profusely in advance. Either way, he'll be playing the Shadow King in season two of Legion. I've on show I still have not watched. Speaking of Legion, um, Singer asks and gets his name off of FX's Legion, but what about the movies and Gifted? Because Brian Singer, who has had some Alleged sexual uh, improprieties um, tossed at him 
which I believe, I don't know, like it is what it is, so I don't want to say. Sexual misconduct allegations. Uh, he asked to have his name taken off the cred- uh, off of um, the credits of Legion, but seemingly doesn't sound like anything else he's doing with that with that property with those properties. So I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, one, he's not stupid. <laughs> like, like that's the less of those things. But I'm like, if you're gonna do it, do them all, dude. <laughs> anyway, um, which he may have been taken off Dark Phoenix already, but I'm not sure. Either way, that it, that that is the thing that happened. We'll see where that comes on. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to just, no. Oh, fuck it. I got it here now because I was going to skip this. Um, Mark Hamill likes the idea of playing Doctor Octopus, Doctor Octopus in the MCU. So basically, what happened was somebody tweeted that they would love to see uh, Mark Hamill doing. I don't know why I put this in the lineup. I apologize, but um. Somebody tweeted about they would want to see him as, as Dr. Occupied. He liked it. He liked the tweet. That's it. Hadn't said anything else. Just liked the tweet. And then there's like two, three articles about people going on about it. So, And I don't think, as this article says, I'm not sure if they would even go back to Dr. Occupied because they've already put him on, you know, he's already been in Spider-Man uh, movies already a couple of times. So I don't know. It was a thing. Apparently, it's a slow news day. Uh, Sony Silver and Black to begin filming in March. I don't know who still cares about that. But it is a thing that apparently is probably still happening. Now we can go to the um, the book news. Oops. Hey, hey, hey. All righty. So I guess I'll lead off. Sure. Superman is a bearded warrior in DC's dark future. So it's a version of uh, Clark Kent that is as heroic as ever, but he swapped his super suit and super strength for a sword and shield. So uh, this is happening in that Nightwing, the New Order book. Apparently. Yeah. What does it mean for anything? Who even knows? Right. Um, I still need to catch up on this. Deathstroke just retconned a major part of the Teen Titans continuity. Listen, Teen Titans continuity has been wrecked since Crisis. I don't know Teen Titans continuity since Crisis, so leave me alone. They, there, yeah, there has been a lot of lot of things going on with that. So yeah, the Teen Titans. Crisis in 1983 or four, I know. Right. Um, that's okay. Uh, Deathstroke 27 just came out this week. I didn't have a chance to read it. And yeah, apparently there's, there's some, some things that happen that changes some things and I'm yeah, sure. Okay. Once again. Alrighty. So uh, <laughs> next up, uh, Hubaka the cookie. I mean, Chewbacca. Um, that's a deep, that's a deep dive. Y'all who, who recognized Hubaka the cookie. Um, <laughs> Chewbacca drives an ATST in the latest Funko, uh, pop figure of the character. Which is weird that this is now because that's from like Jedi, which has been out for a while. You would think they would have had a figure like this already. Not complaining, just saying it's a nice looking figure. And of course, there's also another young Anakin figure, oh, at least. So, you know, all right, you got next. Oh, yes, and um, this is in beautiful news. Um, if you follow my Instagram, you've probably seen the pictures of some of this already. Black Panther Shuri Nerf toy in stores, and actually, does like a one two on this. Well, a couple of them, sure. CRS, CRU, the other day, and I saw this and some other Black Panther toys. So basically, the, the bottom line is Black Panther toys out in stores. I almost got the the claws that they have, but I was like, well, it might not fit me. But regardless, this story here is about the the the, the Black Panther Shuri Nerf toy, and I did see that in the store that they are out and and it's cute. I don't get it, but it's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you've you've brought this along to us. Yes, next up, uh, the Toys R Us exclusive 6-inch Marvel Legends Black Panther 2-pack that contains Claw and Shuri, the comic book Shuri, um, 
has been found at retail. I'm excited for this because this is, you know, these, these are really good depictions for those of you who are able to watch us on video. These are really good depictions of these two characters and there will be solid additions to anybody's uh, action figure collection. And the reason why I ended up in that tier to Toys R Us looking the, the, coming across that other Shuri toy that I just talked about because I was looking for these. Ah, they're not out just yet, huh? No. Well, according to this article, they said they they've seen them out on, on the West Coast, so I figured right, yeah, so they're filtering they, over here. Mm-hmm. But considering, no, so, uh, considering the bad weather we've had recently, that might put a crimp on getting these out on shelves. Um, right. So you might want to check. You know, yeah, I was about mm-hmm. to say check tomorrow and next week. Because mm-hmm. you know, in the lead up to the movie, you know, these figures are going to be coming hot and heavy. You know, the, all the all the accessories and, and whatnot are going to be coming out quickly. It's true. Uh, I mean, we're about like, to talk about some later on. Yeah. And matter of fact, Sid Claus that I was speaking about that I saw at, at, at that store. Uh, Hasbro's Black Panther Vibranium Power Effects Mask and Claw have arrived. So for 20 bucks, you can get um, the Claw. Wait, what's it doing? Yeah, I guess it was. I don't remember seeing it. I saw it, and I was just was going to pick it up on Instinct. But regardless, guess what? Black Panther toys are out there. It's some cool-looking stuff. All right. Did you have? Did you put up a link for the um the video? Like the, the ad, the advertisement for this? Uh, I mean, it's in this article. Oh, okay. It is in the article. Okay. Yeah. So there's an advertisement that shows how uh, how, how uh, these things, these toys, uh, electronic features work, and it's pretty cool. At least oh. I believe I think, I mean, because there is another one that was floating around, and I'm not sure if it's the same one as this one. Okay, I think it is because it shows off the Shuri stuff and the Black Panther stuff. Right. Okay. Because yes, yeah, I've seen people kind of talking about that one. Uh, next up, Marvel's Black Panther gets his own jewelry line. Hey, all the accessories and merchandise coming hot and heavy now. You know, that's pretty I, cool. That jewelry. Yeah, I know, right? The necklace, main necklace right here. Yeah. Did they give uh, a price point on that. Earrings, huh? Did they give a price point on that? Um, I don't think. So. Here, let me look. Up. Let me see this one uh durian fletcher an la based jewelry designer let's see did, 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 did they say anything about cufflinks that's what i want yeah right <laughs> that's, that's I, I, saw this, I, I saw this and i saw and i think you you there's an instagram account that marvel i think probably heads up that um it has to do with like stuff like that like style uh, marvel yeah yeah that one yeah. and um i went looking for it was like do they have black panther cufflinks or whatnot like i don't wear that many suits but whatever i still get them and uh, i haven't seen it yet and and as far as price, I don't see anything on that either. Yeah, because that would be you know like that's a that's actually a really nice necklace. Mm-hmm. This uh this um yeah this uh bracelet thing almost like the Kamoya uh beat yeah it's kind of cool looking too. But yeah, right. I'll look for those those cufflinks. Actually, hey, let me check right. so I, I guess I get the the bad news. Um, oh, wait. oh, hang on, hang on. So if you're looking at the video, there are prices. Okay. Um, the, let's see, that necklace is, whoa, 450 bucks. Jeez. Uh, there's a one-claw necklace for 85. There's a Black Panther mask hat, which is actually slightly kind of cool, but that's a, a grip. Um, $97 for that bracelet and $147 for those earrings. That's legit jewelry prices. I mean, you know, yeah, they, they were not kidding around. Yeah, so. that's legit jewelry prices. That's not, you know, that's not like stuff you're going to find on like the floor of the mall, you know? Absolutely. Or something. Okay. Alrighty, next up, uh, like I said, I get all the bad news. Um, someone has reportedly stolen over $300,000 from comics legend and 95-year-old man Stan the Man Lee. So, yeah, um, no, I, need to, I, I meant to follow up on this one because I'm not sure. Because yeah, there was a report by some site saying that the, the Beverly Hills Police 
is conducting an investigation on um, whether it was a fraudulent check. Out. Right. It could be more because they're actually auditing it and there's more money missing, but they're able to trace at least this amount to, uh, I believe it was a, a purchase of a condominium. Mm-hmm. So that's, I remember reading a story that, that, that reported on this. So it's uh it's a sad, you know, come on, man, it's Stanley. You're going to rob from Stanley. What the heck, you know, what kind of, you know, hell do you think you're going to find yourself in? Assholes. Probably the one with Mephisto. Seriously. Um, um, so I'll one to this one. Marvel Comics All New Ultimate Universe Explains. Uh, that we talked about um, Spider Man 2 number five, and there's some stuff that happened in the end of that. We neither one of us weren't really sure, but it sounds like um, there's a possibility of the, the Ultimate Universe maybe uh, in for a comeback mm. due to the ending of that book, I guess. Um, and along with that, with goes the what the Spider Man twos finally mean for Ruby Williams because it sounds like she was seen at the end of that with a Peter Parker uh, dressed Spider Man. Hmm? Yeah, alive. Yeah, the 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 counterpart, the Ultimate Universe counterpart of Riri is right. is, is in the, is at the end of uh, uh, what you call it, uh, Spider Man two number five. So it sounds like they're trying to revolve revive the Ultimate Universe or something. I don't know. Like, did, did or at least leave it open. You know, that's one of those things that maybe Bendis wanted to leave put back into the into the toy box which is weird considering secret war was supposed to kind of but then again that's never stopped anything exactly <laughs> supposed to kind of kind of crush all of that but then again like stuff happening at ultimates that kind of opened some of that back up anyway so i don't know anywho next up go for it all right so spoiler alert this is something that we talked about last week thanos's marvel Th- uh, marvel's mad titans uh true birth name is revealed uh, I didn't want to spoil it last week. Uh, do you have it in the article? No. Good. So yeah, go and read it. Find out what his real name is. It's Frank. Ha! Yeah. Actually, I think the back. It, it's no. Here it is. There you go. You can see it for yourself. All right. We won't spoil it. But if you're watching the video, yeah, if you're watching the video, you just saw it. I don't. I don't get what that makes any difference. <laughs> go and read it. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, I guess you have said Thanos was pretty good, but I don't know. I don't care that much. Uh, but anyway, some exciting news or good news. Uh, speaking of some earlier news that we talked about, new Exiles series announced with Blink, old Kamala Khan, and Nick Fury. I'm going to assume Nick Wait, Fury. Wait, sure it's not old Nick Fury and Kamala Khan? <laughs> oh, no. All right. This is, I thought about that, too. It was like, wait a minute. Shouldn't yeah, like Nick Fury Jr. older or something. But so, yeah, so um, there's going to be a new Exiles book. It's going to be written by, um, um, oh, shit. Salad Ahmed, uh, writer of Black Boat, which we talked about earlier. Uh, Javier Rodriguez is doing art. Um, and, well, uh, Alvaro, uh, Alvaro Lopez, Dave Marquez doing covers, Joe Carver-Manga, some other, other people on, on art is going to be uh, doing that. So... Um, if you don't know anything about Exiles, Exiles was basically um, actually Exiles was cool. Uh, did you read it here and there? Yeah, here, I so, definitely have a few issues that I got as a hand me down from uh, another person's collection, but um, I can definitely tell you that you know, it had its interesting issues. Um, definitely played with um, uh, the alternate reality stuff and time travel and dimension traveling and whatnot. Um, if you're into that, a lot of people are. Then you know that was the book for you. Yeah, basically, it's like there's a mismatched group of uh, mostly mutants, usually, um, 
uh, going around fixing time stream stuff. So it's a bunch of series of what ifs, uh, adventures that they get into. There's some people that died in the course of whatever, um, introduced the character. Well, I don't think it introduced the character, but I think Blink, uh, which is a, a, a fan favorite mutant to some, was uh, up and through there all the, all the way. So, yeah, good. And I think there's been, if you're watching the, um, if you're watching the video, you're seeing a cover when, and there's a, I don't know who this is supposed to be or what this is supposed to be, but there's a, another team member that hasn't been announced yet. That's yeah. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, like I said, look forward to that. If you do. Okay. Uh, some surprise news. Gail Simone returns to Marvel writing a domino series. So, uh, right. I believe just dropped today. Yeah, it did earlier. Okay. So, uh, another, um, mutant in the kind of the, the X-Force slash Deadpool corner of the universe gets their own series. Yeah, I mean, Deadpool 2 coming out. Domino just happens to be in it. Hey, go figure. Synergy. <laughs> um, next up, Miles Morales' role in Spider-Man PS4 game is bigger than planned, quote-unquote. So, uh, yeah, they were talking to Brian Enthar, which is the name I hadn't heard in a, in a good while. Um, works for Insomniac, I can believe. Uh, yes. Um, and it was like... He was saying he fell in love with the character, uh, just like MJ can provide a different perspective on the world. Thought that Miles and his relationship to Peter brings something different. So yeah, so we've seen the Spider-Man game. We knew Miles was going to be in it, and we didn't know in um, what capacity. And sounds like going to have a little, little bit. Hopefully, have a little bit of a role uh, into it. And uh, that PS4 game is due in a few. I don't know, sometime in a few months. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm sure, definitely. Marvel's champions join Lego Marvel Superheroes 2 as playable characters. That's cool. Yeah, so that's cool. So Lego Marvel Superheroes 2 just came out relatively recently. I think it's late last year or something like that. And they do DLC for it, adding new characters. And sounds like um, the champions are going to be, well, most of them sound like are going to be there because they got Amadeus Cho, Nova, Ironheart, uh, Devil Dinosaur, Moon Girl, who are not champions, Viv, Vision, Wasp, Nadia, Pym, who's also not technically a champion, and Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, also not a champion. Nevertheless, most of the champions is going to be DLC for this. Uh, it's like the young people we're going to throw in there, right? So they're just throwing them, they're just lumping them all in as a champion. So that's cool. Are you gonna- uh, oh, sure. Uh, Hellboy gets a board game treatment, gets the board game treatment in 2018. Also, the delight of PCN underscore dirt. <laughs> Not sure if that was genuine delight or he was just playing it up, but now he, we know he, <laughs> he is a fan of Hellboy, specifically Mike Manuel's art. We do know that, but yes, it sounds like um, there's going to be a board game kick started uh, in April uh, surrounding the universe and world of Hellboy and uh, uh, that ilk. And sounds like there's going to be some plastic miniatures and whatever else. So outside of that, we don't know too much else is about it. That's outside the fact it's going to be kickstarted. And yeah, I'm sure we will let you know, guys know when that happens. All righty. Uh, let's see. We have to the James Bond one. Yep. James Bond's boss M gets bossed around by Declan Shalvey. So I guess he is going to uh, write a new James Bond one shot called James Bond M with artist and color artist DRB Kelly. Uh, they put M back in the field when there's a question that comes up about one of his oldest cases. Yeah, and yeah, as as Agent Seventy Six, don't get too sad. It's not um, 
James, named Judy Dench. It's it's old school um, dude M, or I guess a version of. Could be the new M. Um, wait, who's the new M? Isn't there, uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, oh, that's right. Was it Ray Fiennes or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe, I don't know. They don't, they don't necessarily say. But regardless, it's a, it's a one shot. So more than likely, it's just probably going to be classic, you know, you know, regardless. Okay. It, it, at, at some point, it kind of doesn't matter because it's just a, <laughs> it's <Right>. a time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Preview Booms, uh, British New Planet of the Eights, Ursus number one, which actually, I'm not sure why I put this in here, but outside the fact that, uh, David F. Walker, writer of, um, well, he did write Shaft. He wrote uh, Cyborg for a minute and other and uh, Power Man, of course. Um, Nighthawk, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is now writing a, a um, Planet of the Apes books that just came out this week, actually. Uh, so, if you are a fan of the Planet of the Apes and um, a fan of uh, David F. Walker's writing, check it out. I think we got that's one more. There's one more. I guess I'll finish it up. Uh, Marco Rudy is delving into creator-owned work with a fully painted book called Of Lost Fantasy with writer Frank Barbieri. Yes. So, it looks good from the, if you look at the pictures. I mean, if you look at you know, the picture you see here, but um, mm-hmm. not sure what, it doesn't say what it's about. Doesn't really say that much about it, but it's a thing. So, cool. Alrighty. And that is it for the news. Um, all right, so we do have a somewhat uh, a mild unboxing. Uh, yes. When I say mild, it's because I already opened the box, the main box, the shipping box. Um, do you want me to do the last ad read before we do the uh, the unboxing? Mm, sure. All right. So our last ad read for the night is for Busted Tees. This episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture, and much more are all on sale. To help keep our podcast free, Order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. I should really have these the graphics up for some of this stuff when, I, when we do this. I gotta remember that. Anyway, doesn't matter. All right. So, um... As we bring our show to a steady, not very abrupt landing, we've got one unboxing, at least, unless you got something else, Rob? Nah, I got nothing. All right. Well, Roddy's waiting. Uh, Legend of Korra. Right. Roddy is waiting for his to arrive. I just received, uh, what, Wednesday, I think? I got it pretty quick after the New Year, because I think they shipped the day before New Year's Eve, Saturday. So I think I got these uh, sometime on Wednesday. What I'm referring to are the six figures in the Marvel Legends wave for Black Panther with the, uh, <laughs> with the Build-A-Figure being Okoye um, of the Dora Milaje, uh, otherwise known as Denai Guerrera or Michonne from The Walking Dead. So mm. here is the Black Panther with the maybe not quite... Uh, accurate hue for uh, Chadwick Boseman's uh, skin tone. Yeah, we were having some issues with with that particular head. And this, if if, if you've watched the video, you'll see you, you kind of get a sense of it. But yeah, it's 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 weird. Yeah, it's on the light side. 
Yeah. On the light side. Although I can say that the uh, the figure looks like it's a new, it's a new sculpt. It does not look like it's sculpted from the same uh, Black Panther mold uh, that we got uh, for uh, Civil War. So, which had a far more accurate depiction of Chadwick Boseman's head, which is why we can't understand what the hell happened here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we actually have a pretty good depiction of Lupita Nyong'o um, uh, for Marvel's Nakia, uh, one of the members of Dora Milaje. I'm holding up to the screen right here. Yeah, I got you set up. So you, uh, there is the Eric Killmonger. Which is uh, really come, you know, it really does look su- stupendously similar to uh, the Black Panther. It's supposed to be a jaguar, a golden jaguar. But um, there's a better look at uh, the Killmonger figure and all his uh, accessories. And we are now in the other half of the series, which are the comic accurate characters. So to finish out the builder figure, you need to get the um, old school OG Submariner. You know, in the green trunks, Submariner in the green trunks. The Walgreens exclusive was the blue suited one. I've always preferred this one because I, I just read more books with him looking like this in, uh, in it. So, exactly. And uh, what's cool is that the uh, the trident that he has is not uh, like the reissue trident that um, uh, it's not like the kind of the uh, the spear uh, that came with Odin. It's actually got a name, Gunger. Um, that's a uh, Odin spear, but that was issued reissued with the uh, Walmart. Uh, Walgreens um, Namor. So he's got a, a spear. I think it looks a lot like the one that's on his first issue of his series, the Marvel series. That spear looks really uh, familiar. The other build-a-figure part to build Okoye is uh, included with... Uh, it is uh, admittedly a repaint of an exclusive figure that was issued in a set. Um, I think it was the... Um, uh, I want to say Annihilation set. Uh, a few years back, uh, it was an exclusive at um, San Diego Comic-Con. It's uh, Black Bolt. Uh, he's a different color. Uh, the, the costume has a different color. Uh, it's a little bit lighter. But it also includes, as the main head, uh, an effect where he's uh, using his inhuman power, his, uh, his voice. And that's really cool. Um, the uh, alternate head is included in there. Um, you know, a very calm-looking Black Bolt trying not to, you know, whisper at someone and kill them. And last but not least, uh, we do get uh, a figure that does not require that is not required for you to buy to build Okoye. That is the Invincible Iron Man. And then I realized that we've never gotten, we haven't gotten a, a comic book version of Iron Man for a while. So we've got a facial hair bro um, uh, Iron Man here. You got to throw that one out though. What's that? Now you got to throw that back, one out. Back, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it is with a lot of these Iron Man figures. Like, remember the Bleeding Edge armor? You know. Mm. That's just sitting. That's just sitting in the box now, kind of like, hey, what happened to me? So, um, uh, we had some discussions that this should have been uh, Riri Williams, and at some point, I hope they do issue a figure of her. But I look at this now, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? They always have to issue an Iron Man, you know, like to, to cover like uh, an armor that kind of appears in the comics for X amount of time. So, you know, it's unavoidable. But you don't have to buy this figure in order to build a Koye. So, that's a cool part, right? And I'm trying to remember if I did, if I actually did, I might have though. I can't remember if, I, if that one's going to be in my set or not. It, I, think it I think it is. I think you bought like the the, the figure set. I think so. Yeah. So. I didn't have to buy this. Um, I ordered this through uh, a certain online retailer that has become synonymous with buying anything. So <laughs> it's actually a sponsor. What am I saying? I shouldn't even mess around. I bought it through Amazon. It's a sponsor yeah. of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm sure. 
I bought this through Amazon, so I didn't have to get the Iron Man, but I felt like I should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I mean, whatever. That is what it is. Right. That being said, that is the Black Panther Marvel Legends um, set. We were talking earlier about how the merchandise uh, in uh, the lead up to the movie is coming fast and furious. No pun intended. And uh, living our, our lives a quarter mile at a time. We're getting all these figures right now, less than six weeks away from the movie being in. Yep. Like there's a bunch of dorbs coming. There's these. Then there's that set we talked about earlier. And there's, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. And so right. it, it's definitely coming. What we haven't seen are tickets, which we talked about earlier. Hopefully. So, but with that, ladies and gentlemen of the viewing and listening audience, we are here to wrap up this here first uh, 2018 comic book chronicles episode. Yo, do you want me to wrap? I said, I got it. Okay. You've, I got it. You've, 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 you've been instrumental, sir. I've been um, yapping. <laughs> cool. so I, I will spare you the end of this, but um, as always, thank you each and every one of you for coming coming by. Hopefully, I, well, we know Tim for sure will be back unless something happens. Hopefully, but I mean, hopefully not. But anyway, Tim will be back next week, and I think next week is going to be. Don't hold me to that. Might be our 2017 year end stuff. We right. have to talk about that. You have to talk about. That. Um, yeah, but. What, regardless, in the next couple of weeks, we will have that one. If you, if whether we have a just regular standard show, but Tim should be back. Hopefully, Dirt will be back with us also, either for that or for just in general. Uh, but in the meantime, you can find us at our individual accounts. You can find um, Agent Seventy at H underscore Seventy on Twitter. You can find them also there on Instagram. Go check them out because he will probably be putting pictures of those set figures that he just showed. Ah, oh, you've already read my mind. <laughs> Graham. That's right. He's doing it for the gram, folks. Of course. Right. Um, PCN underscore dirt uh, on Twitter, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com. Go check out the stuff he's doing over there with that. <laughs> Dog98 on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter, The Click Nation, the K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word. I got it right this time. And also theclicknation.com. Uh, find myself Roddy Cat at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at uh, News News Need on Twitter. You can find my um, comic book captioning Instagram account at CPCaps. You can follow Roddy Cat too, but I don't really, I post a bunch of BS over there no one cares about uh, unless you're really nice people and, and, and like it for whatever reasons. Thank you, nice people. But you can find this podcast on the CSPN.us <laughs> Uh, website and network that's the cold slither podcast network home of fine podcasts of various sorts and um thingeries uh, you can also find us on itunes and google play and soundcloud and other places that podcasts are, are um graze go to stop.cspn.us you know give us um go there shop for some merch get some nice uh, comic book chronicles swag hey comic books uh Convention season's coming up, so you might want to get some, you know, might want to get some Comic Book Chronicle stuff just to maybe like, you know, there you, go. Up, you know, new year, new stuff's going on, so, you know, and I'm sure you'll see us at, well, we'll talk about cons because, you know, that's later on coming. Right. But with that, um, again, we will be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, to give you another fine episode of this here program, and I am stalling because there was something I forgot to hook up. Um... And with that, wait, do you have uh, some music or did you not? Nah, just one line, to, just one line. It, it, it's uh, apropos of uh, 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 
uh, <laughs> order of a show on uh, Hulu that we were referencing earlier. You ready? Got you. And with that, this is the Combo Chronicles, and we're out. Peace. Get out, everybody. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your